listening to Carpool Theology. Join Alex, Shauna, and Grace, that's me, as we hit the road to discover who we are in light of who God is. Along the way, we'll be joined by friends, authors, and community leaders to discuss the intersection of faith and action and have a ton of fun while doing it. So grab a coffee, jump in the car with us, and let's roll. What up? What up? What up? What up? What up, up Carpooligans? Guys, welcome to the car. We are Carpool Theology. <laughs> I beat you too this time, Alex. You did. I'm Alex. I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. And we are your gracious hosts. And the weather has taken a sudden turn. It is. It has. <laughs> it's too hot here, guys. I'm it done. got dramatic hot. It's only just be so fast. I know. We and I keep on... thinking, I keep telling myself, like, in like two months, I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, it's only going to be 98 next week. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and I keep holding on to that. For Thinking it will make me feel better now. It hasn't worked yet, but I haven't given up hope that it will. Listen, <laughs> we're on day three of over 95, and I'm already done. Uh, yeah. And. Same. My husband and I, I'm going to tell this within the confidence of this car and all of our friends <laughs> that are listening. We got into a fight last night in the middle of the night at a, a 3 a.m. It's too hot in here fight. He is on a mission and like, God bless him. Like he's just trying to save us a little money, right? He's just trying to save us a little money. And wow. I'm like, let it be. That is not 66 space. degrees in here with a blanket. I want heavy blankets. 365. Yes. There right? Is, there is I no do. faster way to set me off than to make my sleeping space hot. Correct. Okay, you have to know this about Alex. Different person. Alex's house is consistently a 62 degree consistent environment. Mine too. My yes! <laughs> Hi, yes. I'm Jessica. But yes, I am. Mine too. I, I can't. Cannot I cannot. I can't. I take cannot it. handle being hot in my sleep. No. no. I get angry. I get so angry y'all, too. Listen to this, Matt Berg. I love you, but last night this man trying to save a buck put our house oh God. at eighty. Oh no! No. For sleeping, no. you guys. You can't sleep at eighty. Eighty. Guys, that's torture. Three thirty in the morning, I go. I can't do it. I am done. I am turning it down to 72. I I hear you that you want to save money. I cannot tonight. Tonight is not the night. Can't save tonight. And I... Right. Bless him eternally. He goes, five minutes later, I hear you. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. And we woke up and I said, I'm sorry that I snapped, but my mind was going. The heat got to me. The heat got to me. <laughs> he got me. He got me. Dude, I mean, if you, you ever want to get 80. me too, you better turn that air down. Oof. <laughs> there are consequences to that kind of heat in the night. If you ever want to do more in this bed than sleep, we will turn down the AC. I mean, mm-hmm. that is a real talk right there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, Matt Berg. I love you so much. But the end of that. Yeah. And we honor your money saving uh, We honor efforts. you. We yes. honor you, but, but we that can't. ain't the time. <laughs> It's not the time. Um, you gotta keep it. Isn't it true though? You gotta keep it at a consistent like temp instead of going fluctuating highs and lows. Yes. We fluctuate four degrees, hmm. and that's my that's, that's my sweet spot. Ooh. When we actually we fluctuate less than that. I will turn it up to like seventy eight mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. the day, uh-huh. and then I turn it down to seventy six at night. Oh God. <laughs> 
take a sharp left turn here but i think it's important that we discuss what happened to me this week yeah yes mm. <laughs> sure i will discuss with you what happened to me this week let's talk so let's just set the, the tone that it's the biggest week of the, the year work-wise it's the night before my Ooh. residency final mm. 10 mm. o'clock at night i had just got out of the shower so the day of residency final is also the day of our three-day trade show event. Huge 10,000-person event. And wow. residency final is 6 a.m. 6 a.m. So it's a big day the next day, yeah. right? I'm already a little stressed. Mm-hmm. Sure. Trying to find my husband. <laughs> Couldn't find him. Hear, I hear him in the garage. I go out. Lo and behold, homeboy found a litter of kittens <gasps> in my garage. You don't own a cat garage. though, do you? We do not own a cat. Oh, this is very surprising. In fact, two dogs. Yes. Where have they been? What have they been doing? My neighbor is an irresponsible cat owner. Mm. Shout out. Oh. I just like got a call oh. out. And she just lets them do what they want to do and does not, openly admittedly, does not take care of their like uh. breeding things. Okay. Oh. So these cats are always in my backyard, in my garage. They get all crazy finds this litter of kittens in my garage. And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. So then we have to deal with that. The next day we, he brings the kittens to the to my work <coughs> to, cause we're packing up for the show post final. And plus my sweet little Chloe, my shop manager, she is a big cat fan. She <laughs> loves the cats. It's very distracting for Chloe. Heart of gold, Chloe. Yeah. And then, what did she say? Her, her words exactly were. It's, it's rough having a weighted heart. <laughs> oh my gosh. How old is she? She's 27, 26. <laughs> oh. It's tough having a weighted heart. A weighted, weighted heart. Because I did tell her she needed to put the cats down. Not, oh. no, not like down. Put them on the ground. On the ground. Yeah. And not hold them. Because we had to work on them. Oh. Yeah. Um, Anyways, long story what short. What if she put it in like a little cat carrier? She, she had did. one arm. She in her bosom. No. Yes. And she was trying to like hang clothes and like pack How boxes. How many cats? Six or five. Six. Six. Oh, so geez. then it's her Grace and Matt, sweet little, you know, bystanders who were just coming to do a good deed. No good deed gets left unpunished, as they say. <laughs> they were bringing me coffee for my long, strenuous day. And Aww. Matt being Matt mm-hmm. offers to take cats to the, the pound or the, to the shelter, the rescue shelter yes. for us. Cause that was one of the tasks we had to do that day. A no kill shelter. Everyone. A no kill. We researched a nice <laughs> Fresno humane. Yes. Well then, you know, that ended up them being kind of bad. Did you know that you can't take fun fact, do not take healthy kittens to the shelter. They do not take them. In mm. fact, they will tell you, go find those kittens, mama and let them live their lives. Yep. We can't do anything no. about them here because there's too many sick kitties. So that's what we did. Ooh, so wow. we ended, Matt and I ended up taking them back to Alex and Daniel's. Matt sat with them <laughs> and for like an hour and a half. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and waited. And waited for the mom. To see if the mom would come back. And that is why we love Bever. Yes. yes. 
I mean, this he, is his redemption arc. It Aww. is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. From 80 degrees at, in the middle yeah. of the night to saving kittens. From yeah. zero to hero. That's right. <laughs> we love you, Batberg. So, to end the story, the cats have gone on. The, the mom did come for them. We just let them lay in the box in our side yard, and the cat mom they've came, moved on. and they've, they've gone their merry way. I'm sure we'll see them soon. As they get older. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure we'll see them soon. Yeah. So, we're just going to have a perpetuating issue. Right. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that's that. That's that. Wow. Moral my... of the story, spay and neuter your animals, Please, people. Come yes. On. <laughs> love. Um, and a shout out to Hope Animal Shelter because oh. they do like a very low cost spay and neuter. Oh, shout out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Absolutely. Did shout out to them. them. Yeah. Did I they... used to swim with the um, the director there. She's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Stacy okay. Hulk. What's up? Nice. All right. Good to know. I'm well, to we have right. an amazing episode today Mm. we are blessed we are in part two uh, or i'm sorry part three Three. thank you y'all of our peacemaking series and um today in the car we have miss jessica kreiner the one and only only. there's no one like me yes (laughs) queen Uh, own it yes own that oh my gosh we are so excited to have you um, before we like jump in the deep end, because we're gonna, because we're going got to, it. Yeah. we gotta. But t- yeah, tell us a little bit about who you are, your family, what you do. Yeah, so I am a wife of a local pastor, Pastor Kreiner, the best man in the whole wide world. I just oh. love him. Um, with uh, three beautiful girls, uh, Faith, Giselle, and Riley. Um, we. Oh, I'm a mental health clinician by day and um, mom by night, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. Your mom all the time. Yeah, yes. mom all the time. But I, I, I uh, switch hats a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what else about me? I'm an adoptive mom. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Yeah. So good. I love Crave Cookies. Ooh, oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, good to know. What's your favorite Crave flavor? Cookies. I am. So I really particular when I go in there. I like oh, the. I love it. The snickerdoodle cookie, but I don't like the frosting. Icing, yes, no. So I think mm. so. I asked them to give me the cookie without the frosting, and then I'm in. I'm in heaven. I love it. Yes. Okay. Talk to us a little bit more about. You said you are a mental health clini- clinician. Mm-hmm. Are you? What does that mean? What yeah. does that in, entail during the day? Mm-hmm. What's your specialty? Yeah. Tell us a little more about that. Yeah. So I am a marriage and family therapist. I am working towards becoming licensed. I take my test at the end of the month. So y'all pray for me. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Um, and so I deal with uh, all kinds of things. I work with families, individuals, mm-hmm. uh, couples throughout the day. Um, I work... My, my specialties are trauma, religious trauma, um, uh, racial and religious trauma, as well as, um, you know, people who have been touched by the foster care and adoption wow. um, realm, because I have a, I have, I was a social worker for seven years, and then I also okay. um, have an adopted daughter, so I've mm-hmm. been on both sides of the spectrum, um, mm-hmm. and so they have a special place in my heart, and then I worked a little bit with the people who have been touched by the Department of Corrections as well. Okay, that so, sounds really personal. 
Yeah. Like have like a lot of personal ties, like working with church herd and being in pastoral mm-hmm. ministry, even yeah. by, prox- by proxy, you know, yeah. Not, yeah. Uh, in an official capacity, but how do you, how do you navigate that? Like, is that, is that a gift? Is that difficult? Is that both? What's that like? Yeah, definitely both. Um, I actually was just having this conversation with a friend of mine is like, sometimes I uh, find myself, if I'm honest, kind of being fully um, guarded at times because I deal with people's emotions every single day, you know, mm, like I yeah. have to kind of, um, and I think part of that is also a self care type thing too, because mm. I'm trying to take care of myself and, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of detaching. But sometimes people at church are like, I need it. You know, like what, what, how can I, how can I, um, get help or I'm always giving resources or directing or something like that, which I love, but sometimes mm. it can be kind of draining and exhausting. Yeah. So, so I'm trying to, uh, I, I'll be, I'll just be honest. I sometimes struggle with like putting up the boundary, mm. like how far do you go with it? How right. far do you allow, um, yourself to get involved, yeah. you know, with people's lives? Because on a personal level, I don't, I have legal and, ethical responsibilities but yeah. when it comes to church it's like <laughs> that's those same things don't apply, necessarily yeah. apply yeah. you know so yeah. yeah there's probably a lot of gray area there yeah. yeah yeah and like how to navigate that as like wife of pastor yeah and friend and someone yeah yes as you shepherd that's hard Yes. Yeah, especially in like an impoverished part of the city, like there's a lot of need. Oh, all and the time. With your speciality of the gosh, just your knowledge and your heart and your experience and your real yeah. life, and man, that would make you. I see how that would make you an asset. And yeah, yeah. And we just actually started at our mental health ministry at our church, and you know, oh, guess wow. who's leading it? You know, um, but I love it, but it's still, you know, it's it's still a lot of work, you know, you have to be able to, um, you know, in that, in that, um, I guess umbrella, I am just like, I'm a lay leader in that, Mm. in that Mm. environment versus a professional, you know, I just, in that environment, I'm a, I'm a woman of God who happens to be a therapist, Mm -hmm. you know, versus in a, in right versus in my profession i'm a therapist and not a lot of people know about my you know spiritual connection with the lord or mm-hmm. anything like that so i have to be, yeah. so in that kind of thing i have to be careful in how i like navigate my profession and the ministry mm-hmm. wow i don't know if that makes sense or yeah. not but yeah. yeah no it totally does um in this series of peacemaking we're hearing from all different kinds of people about like what peacemaking means to them mm-hmm. and what it means for them, like in their life and work and yeah, whatever avenue we kind of want to unpack with them, what that yeah. looks like. Um, you mentioned that you work with people that have suffered or um, yeah, suffered from race-induced trauma mm-hmm. um, and religious trauma. What does that? What is it? What does that mean? What does race-induced trauma mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and what can that even sometimes yeah. look like? Oh man, um, a lot of, I'm actually reading this book right now and it's called, I don't know if you heard of it, but it's called Black Fatigue mm. no. and it's, it's a book about the black experience and how, um, a lot of times in spaces where black people are, they have, um, uh, 
their fatigue is, is exacerbated by their experience, like their experience. Like I have to I constantly educate people about yeah. who I am or being in a space where I, I can't be my full self because mm-hmm. I, um, I'm, I'm scared. I might, mm-hmm. I might lose my job or I might be criticized or I might not get the promotion or I might, all of these things that, uh, that black women in mm-hmm. particular, I, mm-hmm. that I've been seeing, um, have been experiencing. And mm-hmm. so like, I can't fully bring myself into a room. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for people to navigate. Yeah. yeah. And and if I'm honest, as a black woman, I sometimes in spaces of where I where there's a lot of white people, I'm looking for the next person of color because I feel comfortable. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's kind of I, I hate that it has to be that way, but that's sometimes how it is. Mm-hmm. I think I shared that in our Unliving Undivided yes. group when we were um, doing the racial rec um, cohort. Yes. You know. Yeah. Jessica and I did a group together called Living Undivided, mm-hmm. um, which was a mixed race. There was all different kinds of people there, all learning about what it looks like to pursue uh, racial reconciliation under the lens, uh, in a biblical way. Yeah. Um, yeah, through the lens of Jesus. And so... Um, Jessica actually led that cohort um, Mm. for us. There's like 40 people in the room. And what you just described, I feel like is what you did actively, which was give of yourself um, in a very, like every Monday night, (laughs) (laughs) Jessica was educating, teaching, um, code switching at yeah. times, just yeah. so people. Which code switch? Can you tell us what code switching? Yeah, is I was actually? Say yeah. So code that. switching is like when you exact kind of what I just described is like yes, when you're in that. a room full of, um, oh, for in in some sense an all white mm-hmm. room um, that you cannot bring your full self into the room for because of um, fear of being judged for who you are. Yeah. Mm. So you're kind of like, you're holding back in a lot of areas, like sometimes in the way that you may uh, approach situations or the way that you talk or the way that you uh, dress or whatever the case may be, like your coats, you're, you're trying to fit the norm, almost like a chameleon in a sense, you know, like you're just kind of trying to fit uh, whatever's being, um, or just even like using words so that people can understand like what you're trying to say yeah but in a way that's like i mean you did such a beautiful grace-filled job of doing that (laughs) um it it really was i was in awe of you because i yeah i I know that that is exhaust like i know that's exhausting (laughs) and so i knew that like monday nights was you that was an outpouring of your cup Mm -hmm. um and so yeah like um as you well, wait, can we take oh, yeah. that code switching a little bit further? Sure. Because as I hear that, I know, like, we talked about that on our Mississippi trip. So mm. we, it, and that was really interesting. Yeah. But I think if I think of it from an, of a different an- angle, so this is like devil's advocate, I guess. Yeah. How do we, like, help someone understand who, who might come from the line of thinking of like, well, how is that different than just like speaking differently to different groups to be heard and understood? Um, I'd imagine it's like the, the motivation for speaking differently. Cause if I'm in a room full of like people who are very like cerebral, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk differently than when I, in my, if I'm in a room with people who are very like heart centered. True. So how do you like help someone like that understand like, well, 
that's different mm-hmm. and here's mm-hmm. why it's a good question Tony. yeah yeah that is a good question um so when i say like code switching i'm thinking it from from an identity perspective like mm-hmm. not so much like like intellectually if that okay. makes sense because when I come into a room, I'm, I'm already automatically seen, if I, I'll just talk about myself, as a black woman, right? And so because of the way society has been portrayed, has portrayed black women, sometimes the idea is, is when you walk into a room, is that, is that how am I being perceived? Yes. Does that make sense? It's more yes. of like a perception and identity thing yes. versus it being a academic or um, intellectual thing. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hope yes. that makes sense. Did that kind of answer yeah. your question? Yeah. Yeah. And would you be willing to either like personally or just like mm-hmm. for like, like on behalf of black women, women of color mm-hmm. um, to say like, Hey, this is, these are some of the big things. I mean, even based on like your clients and like, yeah. hey, like when we walk into, you know, an all white room, yeah. here are the things that we start to believe about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't want to speak for every black person and I want us to kind of like be careful because that can sometimes be like for the black person, like I'm taking on so much of that weight for every person. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't want to speak for, I I mean, I think there's a lot of commonalities, but I don't want to take on, you know, somebody else's experience. But what I, I guess a consensus I could say is that we're not good enough to be in that space. Mm. Mm. If I could, if, if, if I could just generalize it, that's kind of what it, it, it feels like. It's like, we're not good enough to be in that space or being judged in that space mm-hmm. or that, um, we don't deserve to be in that space. And that's, mm-hmm. and it, and, and it may not, nec- that may not even be the case, mm-hmm. right? Sure. But that's how it's all, that's how, that's what we, I'm feeling yes. at times yes. because I'm already seen as minority. Yes. Mm. Yep. Well, and so much of that experience is reality, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Absolutely. We're meeting someone in their experience. Yeah. Which is their reality, whether or not we want to say like, oh, no, that's not what we're thinking at all. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, Jessica, what does that mean for your faith? Like, mm-hmm. how do you reconcile like your lived experience and maybe even how you see your community often treated when they step in, when you step into white spaces Mm -hmm. and then, you know, the call on your life as a believer, how do those two things intermingle and what does that often mean for your peacemaking? Hmm. Okay. Can can you rewind? Yes. It's a loaded question. Sorry. really loaded sorry 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 <laughs> no that's okay um, okay like you, like break it down yes Grace, break it down. Ex- yes absolutely <laughs> you are describing like an experience right uh-huh. your true reality your lived experience yeah where you step into white spaces and you often feel like you have to present yourself in a different way um, mm-hmm. because the the assumption is that you are less right yeah so as a Christian, as a believer, yeah. how do you reconcile, like, how do you deal with that, work through that, mm-hmm. move through that with God? Yeah. What does oh. that mean? Like, as like, I think it's easy sometimes to, um, step into a space 
and forget that like um I'm the light of like I carry the light of the world in me right yeah. like I'm called to be salt and light yeah. so what does that look like when you're um when you're giving of yourself in a way that's like more <laughs> than yeah. like feels comfortable yeah does that make sense yeah I think yeah. so so I really have to <laughs> have my constant conversation with with God mm-hmm. about who I am in him mm-hmm. you know like what 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 has he told me that I am mm-hmm. like I, I have to constantly revisit that and when it comes to my faith mm-hmm. is that okay God this is what you said I deserve to be in this space right I I mm-hmm. am fearfully and wonderfully made yes. I have been created in your image you have given me a voice for a reason like I have to like really self-talk my way or, or self-talk my way through through certain things or yes. in certain spaces because I, it's real easy to get into that space of like, well, you're not good enough, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's, a, yeah, I just think that that's hard. Like sometimes it's, you have, I really have to talk myself into those spaces. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot of effort. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes it's really exhausting. guests on this series kind of just define peacemaking in their own terms Um, and it's been really fun hearing different answers but Mm -hmm. yeah could you do that for us (laughs) could you share what peacemaking looks like um, to you yeah when I think of of peace I always think of that scripture of God telling us like be at peace with all men Mm -hmm. Um, and what that means is that if you are, I feel like if you have offended them or if you're, there's some offense or there's something that that has come up that you need to mm-hmm. have a direct conversation mm-hmm. with that person. And uh, can you imagine our churches if we would do that? No. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like yeah. if, if that, like if your pastors, if our pastors are preaching reconciliation amongst the congregations mm-hmm. and talking about in the context of racial reconciliation can you imagine what that would look like mm. i think it would be a lot of ruffled feathers for one yeah tell us what do you yeah tell us what you think <laughs> yeah like, what do you think it looks like i think it would be a lot of ruffled feathers at the beginning i think that there will be a lot of um you know stories heard i think mm. there might be some white fragility that even arises um, I think that there will be some, you know, apologies that could come out of it, mm-hmm. but I think it will start off really rough. Yeah. When you say white fragility, yeah. can you define that? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that can mean a lot of different things to different people. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you heard of Robin DiAngelo. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she wrote the book about yeah. white fragility and it's basically yeah. the, the defensiveness that comes up when we talk about anything related to racial reconciliation. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the just the overall gist of it. Yeah. It's uh, just that defensiveness. But I mean, if you're addressing any kind of conflict or any type of issue, it gets messy, right? Yeah. Yes. I would think that, you know, yep. it's yes. not going to be pretty. Right. And, yes. I, and I was telling Grace this, I think when we had tea the other yes. day is that I don't go when I when I'm in, I'm a therapist by trade, right? So <laughs> I don't go in there thinking like I am the expert or that I know mm-hmm. how to fix people or know how to fix their problems that doesn't work it's never worked i go in there listening for 
the patterns, listening for the the trauma, listening for um, cycles and behavior, right? So if I'm listening for all of those things, what would it be like if we did that for this for this conversation of race and race, race and reconciliation? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't yeah. know if I'm making sense. I feel yes. like I'm, I'm just yeah. rambling. I love even when you talk about <laughs> no. fragility, it's like, like when you say defensive posture, that's so key. Like mm-hmm. that's such a good nutshell word because def- being on the defense is like to me, like the if that had like an under, like a beautiful underbelly, mm-hmm. would be humility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of being like, that's not me because da 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 da. Like oh. Yeah. That might be me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, is that yeah. me? Is it me? Am I the problem? Right. Am I the drama? Yeah. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it could be really easy to get into those converse, like, say you get into a race conversation with somebody mm-hmm. and they say something utterly offensive yeah. or ask a very dumb question mm-hmm. or whatever. And it could just be easy to be like, that person, we make a lot of assumptions about people, yeah. right? On both sides of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, and so often it just ends up sometimes, if not done well, shut down, withdrawn, mm-hmm. isolated. We believe guarded. Kind of guarded. Yeah. We believe all kinds of lies about each other on either side. Yeah. And then the conversation becomes at a stalemate and it's like, oh, we'll never get anywhere. Yeah. This conversation isn't going anywhere. We are just bound to be different. Yeah. We are just bound to be separate. Your life will always look different than mine. Um, so why have it? Right. Right? Like, <laughs> that's the billion dollar question. Mm-hmm. Why do we continue to enter in? Why is that important? Well, I mean, in, in, the in short, comfortability mm-hmm. and not wanting to deal with conflict. Right. I mean, if we could, I mean, if, sum it, if we sum it up and then make it as simple as possible... And I think one thing that we did in the um, cohort, Grace, if you remember, we talked about echo chambers. Yes. You remember? And we were talking about, like, who do you worship with? Who do you have dinner with? Who comes over to your house? Who do your kids play with? Like, Mm -hmm. all of these things, like, that nobody likes to get out of there. And I'm not saying that that's just one particular group of people. That's all of us. Right? We don't like to get out of our comfort zone. We know what we know, and we're comfortable with Mm -hmm. what we know. Yep. So, I mean, I think it's comfortability, don't want to, not, not wanting to deal with the conflict and the uncomfortability, uncomfortability that comes with these kind of conversations. Yeah. So, so I don't know. On yeah. the counter flip of that, why would you say it's important that you, a person would move towards combating that comfortability and challenging that in ourselves to like, yeah, not live in an echo chamber to more move towards those harder conversations to enter in mm-hmm. um, intentionality. Yeah. Be intentional. What, it, why is it important? And what does that look like in your life? Mm. Yeah. Well, I think we're all striving to be like Jesus, right? Yeah. So it, <laughs> I will hope. Right. Um, but in that's kind of like what he did. He went into mm. just really uncomfortable, well, uncomfortable spaces mm. and turned it upside down. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's why I, well, so why do I think it's important? I think it's because if we're trying to be like Jesus, then that's something that we need to, um, to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, Ephesians think, talks to us yeah. about unity, right? Like yeah. 
And I think so. I mean, I grew up in pretty white context. And whenever we talked about Ephesians and we talked about unity, we were talking about like the unity of the church, the unity of the church. Mm -hmm. Right. But we're not my church that meets on Sunday mornings in my part of town. (laughs) Yes. And that's not, I mean, yes. And right. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, like my church, um, we do have inner problems. Amen and amen. Like (laughs) there are things that we need. Same here, Grace. Right here, right here, right. All of us, no matter what church we go to. I'm talking about like Big C Church, the Bride. Like we got stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. We got stuff within the four walls that we got to address. And also, we as a collective, as the Bride of Christ, Mm -hmm. beyond denomination, beyond our four walls, are we unified, or do Mm. we divide? over very little, very silly, very trivial things. Yes. And also things that feel so big could never be touched. How are we going to overcome things like being multicultural, (laughs) multi-ethnic bodies of believers? But truly being multicultural, not just wanting to say that, oh, I have, uh, we have a few black people at our church or we have a few white people at our church. Like, you know what I mean? Like really, truly wanting and desiring hmm. the diversity mm-hmm. yeah right and i think what who i think it was james baldwin and martin Mar- luther king i think also followed up with the with the quote but he said the most segregated sun, uh, day of the week is sunday yes right yes so mm-hmm. right yeah and i think too like to go back to that like defensiveness versus humility mm-hmm. like as followers of christ there's something that happens in us when we enter into humble connection with other believers mm-hmm. and we say, help me to understand you, help me to understand your experience. How can I yeah. walk alongside you and not judge your experience, not mm-hmm. and give my good advice to your experience, yeah. not yell, but my way through this. Mm-hmm. Um, but to truly enter in with other, that that's the calling, right? Yeah. And it does something to our hearts and Mm -hmm. minds, right? It's like, it's almost like Jesus called us to do that on purpose because it not only changes our societal, like, shalom, Mm -hmm. but it changes our own, Mm -hmm. like, us on the inside as well. Yeah. Jessica, like me meeting you, like at Living Undivided, mm-hmm. like that's you take, and like I mentioned at the top, but like that's you using your time, your talent, your treasures, right? Mm-hmm. For a majority group of white people to do the hard work of yeah. um, like facing our echo chambers, facing um, maybe the places in life where we've had like a custom built life for us um, at some mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Um, or just the things that like keep us separated from others. Um, the, the prejudices that we carry, like yeah. you very kindly, very gently, very patiently, like walked with that group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. yeah, you're welcome. What, what makes that worth your time? Like, mm. and at the cost of po- like potentially being offended. I think that when we were talking about this episode, it was, we kept asking okay. ourselves like peacemaking might cost you something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And you and I have chatted a little bit about that, that like 
the way in which like your vocation and your shepherding and the ways that you step into these conversations, it costs you something. Yeah. So yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. Like why spend your time doing it Yeah. and and why and at what cost? Hmm. Yeah. It's a good question. Uh, Well, why do it? (laughs) (laughs) You know how sometimes God just puts you in places and you don't really know Mm. why Mm. until like you continue to see the the fruit of Mm. what's being done you know like I I feel like sometimes like God is just kind of placed like placed into my lap like this is what I want you to do Mm. okay Lord I don't know what I'm doing Mm. you know I don't claim to be an expert (laughs) right like you could have got somebody totally much better to, <laughs> to be on your podcast, right? <laughs> no. All right, Moses. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right, right. But I'll go, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. go. I'll do it. Give me the words to say. Give mm, me yeah. give me what is going to um, prick the hearts of the people, mm. you know, like. Not that I have to have the the answer. And I think that's one thing that I just live by just personally is that sometimes I just not going to have the answer and I just need to walk by faith. Yeah. And so I love that. And I love having conversations about race because I feel like it opens the door. And I feel like Grace says that I'm so gracious. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I feel like if we're going to learn, I have to just as much as I'm expecting you to be humble in the mm. conversation mm. I need the same to do the same mm. I um, have you always had that post- posture I'm just a curious question have you always mm-hmm. had this posture and kind of had this call to you in your life to like humbly serve by educating people and helping them learn um, or is that something that you at any point in your life kind of resisted or absolutely <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I, I mean, and I, I've um, experienced thing. You know, as a white woman, I, mm-hmm. I want to be educated and want to learn, and I know it's my duty and my responsibility to pursue that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there have been times where I've been met with like resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to be educated and and. and sat in that and been like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. This is weird. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I just like, as an open, um, curiosity, just want, like, I love your heart for, for doing that. But I do know that, you know, you've expressed too, it is, can be exhausting and challenging and hard and tiring to have to explain things. Um, and yeah, so just kind of was curious if that's always been something that you felt the Lord calling you to. Mm -hmm. Um, and if, do you feel that's like a, a, a collective calling or do you feel that's like personal or I think it's more for me, like there's people who talk about this, like on grand stages and Mm -hmm. do this big work and have these, um, you know, coalitions and all of that stuff mm-hmm. but my heart and I think my desire is just to have relationship with people where mm-hmm. it just naturally happens like if I, if I develop a friendship like I or, uh, or or even if it's just like hey let's just go to coffee and just mm-hmm. chat and get to know each other 
that's I feel like that's the level that God has called me to mm. to make it so that it doesn't have to be so hard. Mm. It doesn't have to be so tough. Like yeah. you know, I mean I do agree that, you know, it we each have to do our own work, but I feel like I'm not opposed to like, hey, I got a question about this. Can you answer it for me? You yeah. know, like, mm. you know, I feel like it's that level for me, not like the grand stage or yeah. the, you know, like I just want to have a relationship with people. I want to know people. I want to know their hearts. Right. I want them to know mine. I want mm. them to see me for me, you know, yes. and I think that that's, I hope that answers your question because I, I don't see it as like you, and maybe that's where God is taking it. I don't know. But I, right mm. now at this point, it's more like, Hey, Grace, what you doing tomorrow night? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you're like, hey, yeah. your kids want to come play with mine? Like, hey, let's get a play date. Being intentional in that, but not forcing it either. You know yeah. what I mean? If that makes sense. Right. Mm. Yeah, well, it's also relational first. Yeah. Like, it's relationship-driven, yeah. mm. which yeah. I think is so key. Because that, that's what helps us put our defenses down <laughs> is when I'm like, okay, well, Jessica's asking this question. It makes me really uncomfortable. But I know she's good, and I know that, like, yeah. I know that we're good and I know that her heart is for reconciliation. I know she loves Jesus and I love Jesus. Yeah. So I'm going to answer this question even, and I'm going to say, okay, I feel like this is the wrong answer, but here it is. Here's what I think. Yeah. Where does it fall short? Yeah. So there's trust there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You touched on it and I want to, I want to land here because I think it's really important. <laughs> And I'm like, I get, I like get emotional thinking about it because, um, I think we have a lot of, and I'm speaking like for a lot of us that like care about rate, like the, the race conversation and racial reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can almost sometimes do the opposite where we look at anyone yeah. <laughs> who's not of our same race and go, oh, they can teach me. Yeah. Or like, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. I, I want to be better. Like I'll make them my friend. Or whatever. Yeah. And you touched on, you said, like, I just, like, love me for me. Like, who I am. Like, yeah. no, get to know me. What I like. What I don't like. Yeah. Um, what makes me happy. And so maybe mm. the challenge is instead of seeing someone who doesn't look like you and going, mm, we could never be friends. Mm because things are probably too different between us. Mm-hmm. Maybe looking at someone and going like, oh my goodness, I wonder if we could be friends. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. changing it. Like, I wonder if we could. Like, I bet there might be some, I wonder if there's something that we both really love mm-hmm. that we both would really like. Yeah. Um, and finding like that common, that common ground and giving space to our friends, whether they are black, Mexican, Asian, whatever that is for them. And like mm-hmm. allowing them to experience joy in real full ways. Yeah. And us being like the champions of that as believers is that as we unify, that means that we get to bring our full selves to the table. Yeah. All of our culture, um, what makes us happy? What brings yeah. us joy? And maybe that's like the cherry on top mm-hmm. <laughs> of reconciliation is that we get to experience like the beauty that God has already given us mm. of a friendship yeah. um, and mm. deep bonds. Yeah. And yes, maybe it starts with, I want to diversify my circles, mm-hmm. but hopefully the gift 
and the the end result is oh i've just experienced god more deeply because my friend loves jesus and pushes me to love him more and oh my goodness they are so much fun and i like i'm a better person Mm -hmm. and i'm a better me because i walk with them yeah um in a new fresh way so yeah yeah well i think like my the way i interpret peacemaking is anything that is going to bring it's it's an intentional pursuit of jesus and the ultimate peace is oneness with christ Mm -hmm. and so anything that is separating us from christ um (laughs) is is not bringing peace so our goal is as as people as peacemakers our calling is to unify to christ Mm -hmm. in every which way whatever that area is in our life so that's that kind of you know that ought to be Mm -hmm. um and yeah i think relationship has always been love Mm -hmm. and relationship has always been the Mm -hmm. way of jesus Mm -hmm. and so i love um i love that your life represents that i love Mm -hmm. that your life isn't about like i need to go and educate everybody (laughs) yeah Um, Yeah, yeah. i just i just think (laughs) it's cool that your your heart is i just would like to enter into relationship with people yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I kind of like what Grace said, like it'd be a great challenge, um, to anyone who is listening that, um, the answer might not be go read books, go attend <laughs> conferences, go to seminars, yeah. educate yourself and that's it. Yeah. The answer is actually more so enter into relationship and love. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and so, yeah, I think that, I mean, it's good to do those things, right? Like but yeah. one without the other is useless. Yes. Right. Um, right. Yes. And so, yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so good. We have Love our it. two last questions. Very okay. serious questions. Nice. Shawnee. Got it. <laughs> we love a pun. A pun? Yes. Okay. We are in the car. Okay. <laughs> so we want to know, Jessica Kreiner, what <laughs> is filling your tank? It could be silly. could be serious. And it could be like a show that you're watching right now that you're just really just enjoying. That. It could be a new lipstick you got that makes you just feel really powerful. <gasps> got it. You just reminded me. So oh. I get, uh, I don't know if anybody's heard, have, have you heard of BoxyCharm? Yes. No. Yeah. I love BoxyCharm. I just got my box this past I week. What is BoxyCharm? It's like a beauty subscription. Yeah, like a beauty oh. subscription. And, and you customize it to like your own like skin. You customize it to your own uh preferences like you know and so i've got new body scrubs so i'm really excited to use that i got a new eyeshadow palette i love makeup too so i like to play in it and i like to you know do it and um so yeah i had that was giving me life this week i love it we haven't gotten that answer yet no No? i love it yeah so i'm super excited to just kind of play in it and skincare (laughs) and all kinds of cute cool things so that's good yes queen i love it yeah really excited and what is one thing that you can't leave home without well, you know, nowadays, that's probably the same answer everybody's giving your cell phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your cell yeah. phone. Um, yeah, I think my cell phone, I think last, oh, last, what, two weeks ago, I forgot my cell phone at home. And my husband was like, where are you? Where are you? He's calling everybody. Oh, no. He has everybody coming to my house. Like, oh, he got no. something happened. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I will never leave my cell phone. I will go back home <laughs> the next time I leave my cell phone. Because it was a big deal. Oh, a no. huge deal. And I was like, 
but I'm not person. I'm not the person to keep my cell phone on my hip. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not that. You know, I don't want to be that person that's yeah. so attached to my phone that I can't, you know, function like like mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. generation. Admire that. Yeah. Admire so, anyways, so yeah, so probably my cell phone mm-hmm. now even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, last time, yeah. Yeah. From your phone. Oh. DJ, she makes her from the podcast. Right, from the podcast. Right, she will yes. never leave the house. Never home. leave, a, and I will go back home if I leave it at home. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, you're welcome. I'm yeah, glad to be here. Fun. Hopefully, yeah. I. Did a good job. So, yeah, oh my gosh! Oh, did you, did you what you guys expected? Yeah, Jessica, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Carpooligans. We out. Here we go. We'll see you on the other side. Word up. <laughs> Bye. 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 You've been listening to Carpool Theology with Alex, Shauna, and Grace. Thanks for joining us. We're really glad you're here. New episode every other Thursday on all your favorite platforms. See you next time.